Rod, what's going on, bro? Herbito. What it do, player? Nah, nothing, man. Chilling, 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 bro. Uh, we are back for the football pod. Took a took a break. Much needed break. Um, let's get back into it, man. So where we left off on the last pod was the part one of the NFC East uh, preview show. So we touched on the Giants and we touched on the Washington football team, the WFT, a.k.a. what the fuck, even though that's not the actual ac- acronym, but hey, whatever. Right. Um, so we're back with part two and we are touching on my team. Of course, you know, it is the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but before we get into that, let's just talk about a couple of headlines. Um, there wasn't a lot of news that went on this week. Honestly, the, the biggest news, obviously, was Carl Nassib um, coming out as being the first openly gay uh, active NFL player, because there's a lot of players who who came out after the fact or you have um, Michael Sam who came out before he actually even got into the NFL. And I think he got drafted in the sixth round, I want to say. Yeah, he was late round pick. I know yeah, he was got drafted in the sixth round, I think, by the Rams. Um, made a couple of training camps. He made a training camp with the, with the with the Cowboys. Unfortunately, well, I'm not going to say unfortunately. He didn't make the team. Make it, didn't make the team you know what I'm saying? Um, I know as far as when it comes to us, we gave him a fair shake and in regards to Michael Sam. He just sucked. He was just trash. Right, it was yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, because of his sexuality and because of him coming out, nobody is ever gonna truly acknowledge that he just wasn't good at football on a professional level. So it had to be because he was gay. So seeing the juxtaposition and seeing the time and how the conversation has shifted, because I remember when Michael Sam came out and it wasn't to this level of adulations from the other players. Because you could tell there were some guys who who had coded stuff or like coded things that they said on Twitter in regards right. to Michael Sam. When it in regards to Carl Napsup, the shit has been like ninety nine point nine percent positive, bro. I just, I just, I just want to say it just proves how far we've come to the point where I just it already hasn't even been a story anymore. Like I really thought this was gonna be on Sports Center and just for for weeks, like talk about it, think pieces, all of that, bro. That shit came and went. And I, I can't be any I can't be any happier, bro. I cannot be any happier, bro. And you know what, too? I, I think part of it too was how he went about it too. Cause I, I mean, you know, I seen the video. Um, and like the, he came at it with just so much confidence, so nonchalantly. Like he acted like it was nothing because it is nothing. It like, really is nothing. You, you know, and it was funny to me because when you brought this up for conversation, I had totally forgot I had watched the video and everything. Um, because it's just like, oh, like when I first seen the video, my reaction was, oh, damn, Carl Nassif, yeah, that's all right, that's cool. Like, it is what it is. Like, at this point, I think people, it's crazy because you're right, man. Like, imagine this five, even five years ago. Um, when did Michael Sam get drafted? Was it like? I want to say 2014, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Now, it feel like 2014. That's, that's, when he, that's when he came out as far as his draft. Um, you know what I'm saying? And and the thing with Michael Sam, bro, and I don't know if Michael Sam even wanted to be this. They try to make Michael Sam something that he could never be, which is a symbol for the LBGT community where all the dudes just wanted to be a football player who happened to be gay. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? And <laughs> and I think once he accepted the fact that he wasn't going to be a professional football, then I think he he became a true advocate and stuff like that. Like with Carl Nassib, there's nothing about Carl Nassib that that screams like he's trying to be an advocate, bro. He was just like, right. you know what? Let me tell people I'm gay because I'm tired of living 
this undercover life. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. just it's just gonna be easier to live life with my own truth, right? Now, there's always gonna be that question when them dudes in the locker room are really gonna be looking at him. Not that they're, I don't think they got any issue with him being gay, but when they take a shower together, they gonna have it, they're gonna have his eyes on his eyes, bro. They're gonna be looking where Carl Nassim's. I bet there is several niggas on that team who probably was like, what the fuck? I know it. Not yeah. because they're not because they're 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 there's any type of phobia, but it's gonna make them wonder, like, damn, was that nigga checking me out? Was that nigga looking at my penis? Like when we like I walked past that nigga with my shit swinging, bro. No homo, bro. Like you know? you know, that's that's actually that's actually pretty fucking hilarious. I know that happened, bro. I know that happened. I know there's a group text with a whole bunch of niggas on the Raiders. Them niggas is hot right now, bro. Not again, not because of any kind of phobia, but because it's just like, whoa, like you feel me? So I'm pretty sure I would. I'm pretty sure he probably went to his team first before he came out, right? You know, what I'm saying right. just went um or whatever, and and you know, but again, bro, it doesn't fucking matter, dude. I I was like, oh, oh, he's gay. All right, bet. Then I went back right. to watching. I went back to watching YouTube, bro, because it doesn't really mean shit, bro. Like, it's a sexual orientation. It has nothing to do with your football skills. It doesn't have anything to do with your football skills, who you are as a person. It doesn't determine anything other than just a part of your being. We're three-dimensional beings. It's just a part of it. I will say for him, I'm happy for him, and you, you alluded to this. Um, I, I mean, that's I'm sure he's been wanting to get that off his chest for a while, and, and I know it must feel good for him. And even in the video, he said he wants, to, he wants to put himself out there because there might be some gay kids who play football that are afraid to come out. So, you know, props to him, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, there's here's the thing about about sports in general, right? There have been plenty of homosexual or bisexual, whatever, whatever you whatever you you identify, identify as, right? right? On basketball teams, soccer teams, football teams, whatever, right? But they have to literally live a lie. Like John Amici, John Amici was a professional basketball player. He didn't come out until he retired or whatnot, right? And then you have um, what's that other other basketball player, bro. Uh, the one that's a twin. He has a twin brother who's a who's a coach. I can't remember his name, but yeah, he came out after the fact. It was several years after he retired, right? So I, this is only going to be a story because he's technically the first person who came out while he's active, right? And right. the first, whenever there's a first, is always going to be a story. But when we get more and more people who would be like, yeah, I'm gay too. I'm gay. I'm gay. Like, it's, it's going to be to the point where there's not even going to be a tweet about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it don't even and mean that's something. It's going to be a beautiful thing, honestly. It's going to be an awesome thing, bro. All right. Uh, next headline is not really a headline. It's more or less that me just wanted to get my jokes on, jokes off on Jameis Winston, bro. So, Jameis Winston went viral because he has a new workout video. And I. <laughs> I don't even understand. How do you let that hit the internet, bro? Who pr- who presses send on that, bro? Bro, right. I bet cash. I bet cash money when Jameis saw that video. He was like, "Ooh!" He was like, "Yo, post that shit." That I is crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> it's one. It's literally. It's literally. And I'm not. This is not hyperbole, bro. That is one of the worst workout videos, off season workout videos I've seen from any professional athlete let alone a college athlete, bro. I've seen high school workout videos better than that, bro. Like, there's no way this nigga's getting a starting job, bro, if that's what he got to bring to the table. There's no way. 
That shit look like a parody, man. Nah, it looks like a parody, bro. That's the funny part. <laughs> like, it looks like a Key and Peele skit, bro. Like, like an but, SNL but you, skit. But you know, the funniest thing about the shit is, right? Like, I understand he's doing ball security drills, but I'm thinking to myself, like, famous, bro, you should be throwing. Like, I would respect him more if he was throwing to a receiver and a cornerback, because that's where you have trouble, famous. Like, you throw, you threw 30, you were 30 for 30, my guy. Like, that's your real problem. Okay, so you want to know what what really really is funny about that, right? It's a ball it's a ball security drill, and he looks like he's having the t- the toughest time of his life. Like, and it yeah. makes sense because ball security is very hard for him, bro. Even in a <laughs> setting like that, like it's so hard to just hold the ball, bro. Like, <laughs> bro. It's so hard. One of the greatest weaknesses in his life is just to not fumble or do some dumb shit with the rock. And you see him straining. So there's no way he's not getting at least at least 10 fumbles. Right? If, if that's what he's bringing, if that's what he's bringing to New Orleans, to the Superdome, that's 10 fumbles easy, bro. That's 10 bro, but, fumbles but easy. I just hope he just doesn't look like Red Fox having a stroke doing it. Because <laughs> yeah. this, this nigga, like, you see his face, bro? No, like, you were right. Bro. The nigga looks like he is, like, he's having a battle. He's having a ball. battle. Like, Jameis Winston, my, 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 my dad. Oh, shit, bro. All right, man. All right, let's actually get into the show, man. You know, we want to go ahead and, uh, and, and uh, have a little quick episode, bro. So, um, NFC East preview part two. We're touching on the Cowboys and the Eagles, as I said. So let's get right into it, man. Let me start with the Cowboys. Um, I I can go brief or I could go long. But at this point, it, I got to go brief. There's nothing to talk about when it comes to the Cowboys anymore, especially this core group, right? It's, it's do or die for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Dak got his money, more power to him. I'm very happy for Dak. I was with Dak 100% of the way, um, everything that he was doing how he wanted to go about getting his money, how he wanted to go about getting his contract, whatever he wanted. I was fully invested and 100% supportive of Dak Prescott. However, he is one and two in the playoffs. His one win against the Seahawks in a game where Pete Carroll forgot that he had a, a Hall of Fame quarterback and didn't let him throw the ball. I remember that game. No, nah, seriously. So yeah. at this point, there's there's nothing to talk about. There's there's literally nothing to talk about, right? You, you have in a, an abundance of talent. Um, is the O line is offensively? Is the O line as good as it as it's been in the past? No, but you're paid like one of the four or five best quarterbacks in the league. So you need to you need to uplift that O line. That's not as good as it it was when you got drafted. You have wide receiver talent at the wide receiver talent at the wide receiver talent, bro. You got Michael Gallup. You got CeeDee Lamb. You got Amari Cooper. You got Ezekiel Elliott. You got, you got talent all over the world, like all across the board in every aspect. So um, it's literally do or die. Bro, if we don't win a Super Bowl with this core, with this, with this group, I would never, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I'll never see us win a Super Bowl in my lifetime, bro. Like I'm going to just charge it to the game, bro. Well, like, let me let, let me let me ask you something before I let you cook a little more, bro. I'm just I was curious about this because I was looking at the new staff. So we know a, a big problem that you guys had last year um, on defense wasn't wasn't even just the talent; it was coordinating. Um, and you guys got Dan Quinn, and now nah, I'm look. I, I know Dan Quinn didn't look 
that great with the Falcons, especially since he was supposed to be a defensive guy. But now that he's back on your team, strictly focused on that, how do you feel about that? You think I'm sure? I mean, you guys were really bad with uh, what's, what's his name, Mike Nolan, right? It was it was Mike Nolan who was your coach. yeah? It was Mike Nolan. It was Mike Nolan. So in regards to to Dan Quinn, right? The further removed we get from that Super Bowl, um, that that 2017 Super Bowl with the with the Falcons and the and the and the Patriots, the more we realize that Dan Quinn was never the head coach of that team, bro. <laughs> he true. was only head coach by title. Um, right. You know what I'm saying? Kyle Shanahan was the head coach of that team. The minute right. he left, the team went to shit instantaneously, with roughly the same players and. How can we, how can I feel confident that my defensive coordinator is going to make a change for the better where he's fielded some of the worst defenses in the, in the past 30 years, bro? <laughs> Especially on the Falcons. On the Falcons. So, like, Dan Quinn is a farce. Like, Dan Quinn, who's the, who's the offensive co- coordinator equivalent of Dan Quinn, right? Like, like, you know how everybody leaves the Patriots and they immediately suck, like, all of them, and then they come back to right. the Patriots and they're good again? That's how it was right. with the Seahawks, bro. Like, all these guys get jobs for being the Seahawks defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn was good. You want to know why? Because he had Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, uh, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Michael Bennett. AJ Wright. AJ Wright. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? So that's why he was good. Because you had guys that were so generationally gifted that you could put any scheme and they'll and they would fix any bad play that you pick. Like it didn't matter. They were so good right. at their jobs that it didn't matter what you called. They were gonna execute. So but isn't isn't it crazy how coaches could live off of the talent that they played with? Like that's crazy. Like Adam Gay still lives off of Peyton Manning one like one year with Peyton, you know? Like and Gus Bradley is still living off of his Seattle fame. Fame, you know, claim to fame, and it's, it's just like he has another job. Um, maybe we would have preferred you guys got some new blood, but you know, the NFL is all nepotism, it's all who you know, and they're gonna retread these guys over and over again. Um, but I, I mean, damn, it, it's kind of crazy to imagine that he could be any worse than Mike, and Mike was bad, yeah. But it, it, again, remember when I said that when we when we hired Mike McCarthy, right? And the the problem with Mike McCarthy, on top of just him being outdated and antiquated in regards to his football knowledge and how he goes about um, playing football and, and calling plays and stuff like that, right? Is that he would never put the betterment of the team and what's most important for the outlook of the team versus just hiring niggas he's cool with, bro. There's no way, there's no way that you make Dan Quinn your defensive coordinator, let alone you make Dan Quinn a position coach after what he did with the fucking, with the Falcons. And you gave him the defensive coordinator job when the defense was the issue? And you gave somebody who has a terrible track record for the past three years with defense? Well, speaking of antiquated and outdated, he still runs the same cover three scheme that teams have long since figured out. He still runs that same shit. You can only run, put it like this, bro. You can only run that scheme if you have a generationally gifted free safety. They had a generationally gifted free safety in Earl Thomas who could cover both sides of the field like right. he was like he was two safeties. That's why his that shit did. Incredible. His range was incredible. The right. reason why they could do that, that cover a similar cover three scheme in, 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 in 49ers is because they had a ridiculous pass rush. We don't have the safety and we don't got the pass rush. So we got no business running that scheme. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, bro, it's just, it's just, it's just. Listen, I, I don't got no actual issue or anything like that. It's just more or less that I understand what I understand where this is going. I understand what's at stake, and I'm just, I'm not excited anymore because there's nothing to talk about anymore. Like I'm having the same conversation as a fan that. You know, this is the year that we got to put up or shut up. This is the year that we got to put up. No, this is legitimately the year that we have to put up or shut up. There's no excuses. Like yeah. one of my biggest, one of my biggest detractors is is our good friend Gerson on our on our other podcast, bro. And he goes that fucking Dak Prescott, bro. If Dak Prescott, if he he can he could throw for seven thousand yards, it doesn't matter, bro. If we go eight and eight, seven and nine, or eight and nine. Or seven and, and ten. Oh yeah, seven right. and eleven. <laughs> yeah, seven and eleven. It doesn't fucking matter, bro. Like a, a NFC championship has to be the minimum. A divisional round doesn't do anything for me. A wild card playoff win doesn't do anything for me, bro. Like right. the NFC championship is the minimum for this team. And I just I hate that Stephen A. Smith is right. We truly are an accident waiting to happen, bro. <laughs> he really made he made that a famous uh, and he phrase. made it a famous quote. You know how when you think about something, you say something enough that it actually becomes a fact, even though it's, right. there's no such thing as that a, a, a saying, an opinion becoming a fact. But when you say that so much, and it starts to creep in, right? It, it starts to become a fabric of the universe that you're playing in, bro, or, or the dimension that you're in, to the point where the players even think that. Deep down, and then they do stupid shit, bro. Man, it's 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 kind of crazy, but it's you're, like you're right. the Falcons and the Cowboys share the same space as far as being an accident waiting to happen. At least the Falcons have made it to the Super Bowl recently, bro. That's true, and I mean, but they have the worst Super Bowl loss to their name. Bro. Of course, they, like of that course. loss is just so just just abhorrent, bro. I can't I can't even begin to explain it. But no, I feel, I feel when it comes to the Cowboys, and um, you know, I'm throwing a little tidbit here. Like you are, you know, you're the Cowboys fan. You know about the team. But my thoughts on the outside looking in, um, they're actually not too far. The, the thing about your division is, and this is just my own personal belief, is just your division was so bad last year. There's no way I could imagine it repeating. So at least two of the teams in this division are gonna are gonna be a lot better than they were last year. And the Cowboys are the ones who I actually expect to be the best out of them. Just for offense alone, like your defense, not no one's looking at y'all defense, but you guys have the type of offense that can carry your team throughout the season, especially in a division that is not going to be as tough as other divisions. So I'm I'm with you, bro. Like the Cowboys, I it's not like I have a huge expectations for them, but they they at least got to win the division. Bro. Like yeah, I don't here's think- the thing, though. Like trust me, bro. Like listen, listen. The NFC is loaded. There's a lot of good teams in the NFC, bro. Like, in NFC, yes. NFC, yeah. yeah. The NFC right. is loaded. The Packers are still here. I mean, right. we're going to figure out what is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers or whatnot. But the Packers are still here. The We can easily lose to the fucking Vikings, bro. The Rams got better. Like, potentially, the, the Cardinals could get better. Right? right? You know what I'm saying? Um, You got the Seahawks. You can lose to the Seahawks on any given Sunday. Right. You know what I'm saying? So... There's the potential to not make the NFC uh, NFC championship and right. fucking the Bucks. God damn it. Like the Super Bowl champion Bucks. Like there is there's many avenues to where we lose. If bro, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is 
borderline okay. You can make the argument that the Washington football team has the best team in the, in, in, in the division just off of their defense alone. Right. So, trust me, I'm not delusional in regards to just being a homer as far as elevating the expectations that this team deserves. The, the way I'm approaching this conversation is that there's nothing else that you guys have to do. Like, this, you've done everything else. Like, this is the only thing that you, you have to accomplish. Right. Do you, you, you're basically saying, like, they can only take one more step. Like, they've already, there's no backtrack. There's, there's no, no backtracking at this point. There's, to the there's too step. much talent to make a lateral move, bro, this year, bro, which I is to, 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 to limp into the playoffs and might win a game, bro. What the fuck right. is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is that, bro? Like, well, and, and you know what? And I, and I feel you, man, because, I mean, you've been through that process already now because you've got your quarterback, you got your team, you have the core. So, like, there comes a time where you could only you could only run this show back so many times before you realize you just got to cancel. Exactly. So, so now it's just a matter of are we gonna are we gonna have the grand season or are we gonna jump the shark like you know Dexter or some shit? You know, are you gonna go out Breaking Bad style? Are you gonna go out like some other show? Right. So you gonna go out like Game of Thrones, bro? Like season eight, bro? Perfect. <laughs> like, come on, man. Fuck, dude. All right. So let's go on to the Eagles. Um. In regards to the Eagles, right? So we were talking about about it before we actually recorded as far as we didn't really know how to even approach the, the Eagles, right? Because the Eagles are in a peculiar place where they have a new head coach, Nick Serini. Um, they have a new starting quarterback. They have, they're in a situation where they're rebuilding. But the problem is that they're a team that you can't rebuild with. The infrastructure, or not even the infrastructure, the fan base will not allow the Philadelphia Eagles to rebuild. Man, talking about the the, the worst fans you can play for. <laughs> like, like it's Jeez. crazy because there are some teams that cannot be in a position to rebuild. The Eagles are in one of them, but they're clearly in a rebuilding mode, right? They're doing everything that you do to, in a rebuilding sense, but have the expectation just because of, of how we view the team you know, go on going off the history of the team to actually produce. You know what I'm saying? Like that team at best should be a six-win team. At best. Right? Like they have a lot of bad contracts as far as um in regards to their defense. They have a bunch of dudes that got old real fast. They're in cap hell. Like <laughs> they have a bunch of dead money with the trade of getting fucking Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz off of their out fucking of there. bro. They're fucked. Right? <laughs> They're fucked. That's the you know other way to put it. They're <laughs> fucked. They should be a, a, a they should be a mediocre football team, but bro, but nobody, none. Their fan base is not going to appreciate that. Their fan base is not going to see that. Their fan base is going to root in, in expect of Jalen Hurts as if he's a number one overall pick or something, dog. Right. The nigga only Especially completed fifty one percent. He got. He, got he, he he in a sense got Carson Wentz. Like they felt like they exactly. Exactly. This nigga completed 51% of his passes last year. What are we talking about, man? <laughs> what are we talking about? And I'm saying, not saying he can't get better. I have no idea, right? But, like, I was looking at some OTA minicamps observations for people who beat writers and stuff like that. They're talking about his mechanics and OTAs, right? So it's like, that's not, it's not good. They're, they're not saying that he's been bad or anything, but you never want to hear somebody bring up mechanics in an OTA. 
as a beat writer. OTAs, you never hear anything bad about anybody in OTAs unless it's really glaring, bro. Like it's OTAs. It's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be bad. It's not the. It's not even set up like that. Seven on sevens, bro. It's walkthroughs. It's fucking. It's pitching catch. So, um, it made me wonder, and it, and it, it just it. This is going to be the new reality for football teams going forward with that are coming off of getting off of high quarterback draft picks, right? Because this is the new NFL where it doesn't matter if you get drafted in the top five, bro. It doesn't matter if you get a fucking big ass $130 million contract. If you're gone, you're gone. They don't give a shit. Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford couldn't survive in this, in this, this era's NFL, nigga. You kidding me? You kidding me? Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford needs to wake up every day and thank the God that he was he was drafted in 2010, bro. We're before literally the year before the Ricky Wade scale, bro. Yeah. Where he gets to hang around. Where they I don't know what the shift was where these teams just didn't give a fuck about money anymore. Like where it's just like, oh, $22 million debt debt and dead money. Fuck it. We'll eat it. Like, when did this happen? When did this happen? That's a lot of money too, but it's, it's dead. You cannot use it. That's the crazy part. Like they were better off. Like, do you know how much you have to get rid of somebody to where you getting rid of that person in a sense cost you $22 million. You're not spending it, but you can't spend it either. It still goes against your cap. So that is $22 million worth of assets for a player that's not even there anymore, bro. You can't go get an extra guard. You can't go get an extra cornerback. You can't, because that's $22 million that just, is just there. It's a handicap. It's a handicap. It's it, 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 it feels like it's a $22 million player that's not there, bro. Like, <laughs> and they still got rid of him, bro. So um, there is a lot of pressure on this team to succeed. That's not fair, especially to, to Nick Serini, especially to Jalen Hurts especially to Devontae Smith. You feel me? Who I think is going to be a beast. But it doesn't matter. There's going to be... Everything that they do has to justify getting rid of Carson Wentz. Well, and then when you think about it, too, and it's... it's, I don't know, for me it is, but it's kind of easy to forget. These niggas are... I mean, I don't remember... I mean, God, the years go by so fast, but they won a Super Bowl in in, They won their first Super Bowl in recent years, so their fan base... imagine Imagine the Eagles or the Super Bowl. Before they had any kind of real clout. Now they have these unrealistic expectations of the team they're supposed to have. And, you know, I'm not going to say I feel bad for the fan base, but um, when it comes to when you look at their team, like, I mean, is there anybody looking at the Is there anybody who thinks the Eagles are going to do anything this year? Like, besides an Eagles fan? Like, I, I don't think anything of the Eagles. I don't Bro, listen, I follow, I follow a lot of Eagles fans because, you know, Eagles fans are Sixers fans, like, like Philly's a place where they root for all the all the sports teams. So Eagles fan is a Sixer fan. A Sixer right, fan right. is a Flyers fan, right? You know right. what I'm saying? Like so Philly's fan, yeah, all yeah, all that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they root for their team. So there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover. So I follow a lot of those people on Twitter, and they really think they're taking this division this year, nigga. Are they out of their minds, bro? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, they think they're taking the division. Bro, out of all four teams in the division, they're the one team I'm confident it isn't winning. I'm going to be honest with you. I will bet. I can see the Giants, the Washington, you guys, way over there. I will bet the remaining money that is on my lease. My lease is not up till November. (laughs) 
that these niggas ain't got no chance of winning this fucking division, nigga. Nah. If they win the division, that means that the division went under 500 across the board, bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. That means every team was under 500, bro. That's the only logical and possible way for them to win the division. But it speaks to what I'm trying to say as regards to because they are such a brand team and because they just recently won the Super Bowl in 2018, it feels like a team that you will never really consider a rebuilding team. Like even their rebuild has to be successful. Even in a rebuilding year, it has to be in a playoff. It has to end up going to the playoffs. Right. So it, it, it it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. And it's going to be really unfair to a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't have to deal with that. Like Jalen hurts. If he was rebuilding, like if he was the quarterback of the Jags, there would be no pressure. He could just be the quarterback of the Jags and develop as a really it, like the way you're supposed to, right? And he needs it. He, and he needs it. He needs, he needs it. it. You know what I'm saying? Like, these niggas are putting their fucking faith and hopes and dreams in the guy that got beat out by Tua Tagovailoa, man, as a freshman. Like, what are we talking <laughs> about, bro? Like, what are we talking about, man? Like, seriously, bro. So, listen, man, it's going to be interesting, bro. Um, In regards to the Cowboys, like, we're going to go ahead and close the show. In regards to the Cowboys, you know my my opinion, bro. NFC Championship or bust. In regards to the Eagles, fuck them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm like trying, a true division rival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm trying to take the bias out of it, but that, that, that they fuck the niggas, bro. I want, I want them niggas to suffer, man. I really do. <laughs> you know, we gotta have we gotta have Matt Ernie on these shows one of these days. Maybe Matt is bro. Matt is just like it's funny, bro, because. They're just they're fans, obviously, but they don't actually give a fuck, bro. They don't they don't they don't they don't take this shit personal, bro. Like they don't have it's that they were pat their father passed it down. Yeah, exactly, bro. Exactly. Ernie, listen, I don't even want Ernie around any kind of conversation, bro. Like Ernie, <laughs> Ernie might have PTSD. You feel me? Like just something might trigger Ernie because you'll go, go off the rails. Matt, Matt is just Matt is just be like, eh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, man. Well, appreciate you coming on again, bro. We see y'all next week, man. Yes, sir. Deuces.